back to Rupture Radio, a weekly look at news, politics and culture from a socialist perspective. This week, we're looking at the unionization drive uh, in Starbucks in the US, uh, um, where, work, where workers are getting organized. I know you're organizing Starbucks right across the states. Um, and we're delighted to be joined by Leila Dalton, a Starbucks worker in Phoenix, Arizona, uh, um, and by Alex Stout. Uh, from the Phoenix, uh, Arizona DSA Labor Committee, uh, who's been organizing some solidarity with the workers. So we're going to hopefully dive in, find out a bit more about how these workers are, are organizing and lessons for us here in Ireland as well. Um, just to thank again our Patreon supporters. If you haven't already, please do subscribe at patreon.com forward slash Rupture Radio. Um, but first of all, anyway, Leila, so tell us a bit, uh, what was it? Uh, you've been working at Starbucks for a number of years. What was it that finally pushed you over the edge and made you decide to uh, to go union? Well, what really pushed me over the edge was we got a new manager and I had already went through previous incidents with my other stores where I had a manager go in the trash run and never come back. And I wait, basically... Wait, 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 wait. Go in a trash run and never come back? Yeah. <laughs> yes, that was my first manager I ever had at Starbucks. And that was the first day I worked a 10-hour shift as a minor. <laughs> and yeah, that was our first manager at a different store. And then we got another manager, but let's not talk about that. If we talk about my manager right now, it basically felt like deja vu. And things were happening all over again, except this time it was worse because I had just gotten out of the hospital in the last month. And I was trying to focus on my physical health, not not even saying that I have school on top of that. And I also have my own mental health to worry about. And I asked to just have an extra day off for a month so I could go to weekly doctor appointments, but also be able to get my school done on my other days. And I was basically told that I would not be promised the supervisor position back and that that schedule doesn't work and that I should demote myself. And by that point, I didn't know what to do because I felt like I was forced to put everything last except work. It made me feel like all they want is for me to show up at work and they don't care how I'm feeling. They don't care if if I'm bleeding. <laughs> like one of my coworkers, Bill Whitmire, he he pulled something and he hurt himself. And at the beginning of the shift, the manager thought he was bluffing. So what made me really push myself is I realized that I'm just looked at as a body. And I'm tired of seeing all my coworkers looked at as a body as well. And for me, my job is to lead others and make sure everyone feels supported. And if I if I don't feel supported sometimes by my manager, it's okay. Because as long as I know that my baristas are okay, then I'm okay. But I couldn't do that. It was that bad. I couldn't help them. And they were struggling. So I was tired of seeing all of my best friends, because they're all my friends, get hurt and abused and overworked. So that's what pushed me. Because I see that the... The Starbucks Workers United, uh, the union, one of the slogans that they're using is uh, something like treating partners as partners or something along those lines, demanding to be actually treated like like Starbucks say that they would treat you. But could you tell us, like, what does that mean? What does that slogan mean to you? Starbucks 
tells us to live up to their values, to treat others right, to make sure we put ourselves first and they have all of these values for us to live up to, but they don't live up to them. So when we say that, we're basically saying that we want managers, we want corporate, everyone above us to be held to the same standard and have to treat us the same because they tell us to act a certain way, but then they do the opposite towards us. So we're, we just want to be able to have a fair, a fair workplace and to actually get treated like the way Starbucks says they are. Because people come to Starbucks because they think this is a, it's different. It's a coffee. It's not really that fast food. And it's, it's just a different environment. It's partners being partnering with other partners, whatever that slow motto is. So they just expect us to live up to their values and they don't live up to them. Yeah, uh, exactly. Though that sounds that sounds strong. Um, and so, Alex, uh, from your point of view, what is it that's uh, got you to get involved in solidarity with these workers? Um, what do you think this struggle is about, really, in in, in the bigger picture of it? Well, uh, I mean, in the bigger picture, it's um, I mean, it's most on display now. Like now that you know, uh, people are organizing now that people are demanding better treatment um, and you know to be treated as if they are, uh, you know, partners, um, we see that there really isn't a partnership between the workers and corporate at Starbucks, right? We have, um, we have corporate engaged in a really aggressive union busting campaign, really like blatant, like to the extent with where, like, if, if you hadn't, you know, if you don't have a lot of experience with union organizing, um, and you know you're not uh necessarily uh super familiar with like the history of how bad it can get like it's it's kind of shocking to see it in person uh, to see it like unfolding now um could you give and, give us some of the some of the examples of the kind of stuff that we're seeing in terms of union oh posting? i mean like so just last month uh the memphis seven seven members the the, the vast majority of the organizing committee at a store uh in, in memphis Sorry, go ahead, Leila. It, it was seven out of eight of the members. Seven out of eight, yeah. Almost all of them totally just fired all at once, uh, all for um, things that hadn't been, uh, you know, because they have all these, like, expectations and rules on the books, and they don't enforce them, and they have this normal culture of, like, yeah, certain things are okay, certain things are not okay. Um, and then they, you know, they're trying to unionize, and then now they say, oh, okay, well, we're going to pull out this like thing that we haven't been enforcing before and now all of you are gone not even just like warnings um i saw one worker was saying that they were given out to because they didn't shake the you were meant to shake the tea 10 times or stir the tea 10 times and they didn't stir it 10 times or something like that that, that was one of the they did only only did it nine times or something that happened at, uh, that happened with me i'm not sure if that happened with someone else too because we never shared that story so it's probably happening with other managers, but we have baristas shaking their tea and you don't think about it. Like when you're training, it says shake 10 times, but we're shaking it really fast. We're not counting. 
Can you tell me what does shaking tea mean? Because that was the most confusing part of that was I've never uh, heard of shaking okay. tea in my life. <laughs> if you're not a Starbucks barista, so for teas, those are the easiest drinks to make. And it's like, it's, imagine like a cup, but there's there's sizes, tall, grande, venti, trenta, and each one shows the amount of base, the amount of water, the amount of ice to put. And then you're supposed to shake it up because if you have that with lemonade, if you add strawberry base, if you add any customized things, you shake it up so it all blends well. And it's, a, yeah. it's an it's an iced tea. Yeah, iced tea. It's ah, a shake. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Americans don't know tea. You see, that's the that's the hey. that's the that's the problem here. <laughs> really? Uh, um, but anyway, um, so and what's the so nationwide? Obviously. Phoenix is one of the one of the places that this is that there's this unionization drive going on. But could you fill us in a bit as to like what's the scale of this across this is happening right across the states, it seems, that there's this sort of more and more Starbucks shops are starting to try to get unionized. Yeah. I would say that once you have a couple people starting off doing it and people see that this isn't like a joke. This is serious. We actually are willing to put in everything to help ourselves and help the rest of the world, help the rest of the food industry, not just now, but in the future so that we can actually, I mean, we are the most relied on and we get treated the worst. So you would you would think that if someone... Like, if you rely on the food industry so much, you would think that they would treat you well. But you're treated the worst, and people are... Some people can't afford college. Some people can't afford certain things, and they got to go a certain route, and they're looked at as lower. And I think everyone is should be looked at as the same. I don't care if you're a janitor. I don't care if you're a doctor. We're all the same person, and we all deserve to be able to live, be able to have a roof under our house and to know that like we're just as important as everyone else. Mm-hmm. And um so in terms of your own workplace now, um I saw when you you decided that you were going to try to build a union, join a union. What does that mean for you? What's the process to actually form a union at at, at work? Well, First step was to get a a organizer committee team. So with the amount of people we had in our store, we only need we only needed four people to start the team. And once you get your your team and then you talk to your organizer rep and eventually you can get the ballot cards or the union cards. And these are not the official cards when to vote. These are just showing the union rep that we we have enough people and we're serious and dedicated to have an election. And it shows that these partners, like if you're willing to sign a card, then you're willing to put in your all. Mm-hmm. And once you have... They like to have at least 75% just because some people get scared after they go and file for a union. So they say they have over 75%, but you only need 51% to win the vote. But after you get all the cards and you send it to the union rep, then they could file to have a union election. And that's when the major union busting happens. Mm-hmm. 
And so you've now filed for a, a union election. Yes. And so that means that you need to get, there'll be an official vote, you need to get 50% plus one of the workforce to vote yes. Uh, um, uh, uh, and when yes. when is that coming up? It will be, I'm pretty sure, so the ballot should be set at the beginning of May. And they should be, we, our vote count should be, I mean, not May, April, I'm so off, April. And then the um, the count should be like April 19th, around then. And Alex, could you maybe, sort of the bigger picture of this in terms of how many stores are we talking about, um, or shops, or are we talking about this taking place in, and what sort of kicked this all off nationally? Oh well, nationally, it was the the bravery of the um, uh, the the workers at the uh, stores in um, Buffalo, New York. They, you know, spent a while uh, organizing and getting to the point where they could have that first election, and then the fact that they won, um, I think, really helped it spread across the country from there. Um, it's been uh, at first, it was only a few others, and then people kept, you know. Uh, successfully staying together long enough to file for election. Uh, victories kept coming in. We now have seven unionized Starbucks in the country, um, but far more than that have filed. And I think it's just the the um, increasing confidence um, that this is, you know, that this works and we can we can do it right. And Leila, what was it like for you? Like when you heard about that store in Buffalo, um, what what impact did that have? Uh, um, or, or, or how much of a role did that play in encouraging ye in, in your shop to uh, to unionize? Well, I said if they could do it, we could do it because I know our partners, and you do it because you love your partners. You do it because you guys are such a great team, and you care about each other. And you're the ones who see the customers every day. You're the ones that make their day. You're the ones that know their order usually. It made me really want to step up and do it, especially when I had customers come up to me and just say, I'm so sorry you have to go through this. Daily customers just saying, give me a towel. Let me help you out. So, you know, if if if, buff, if the Buffalo team can do it, then I know we can do it because we have such a great team. And so, and what's the since you've started this and you've gone, you've put in for the the, the public vote? Um, what's the environment like at work now, uh, Leila? It's toxic. That's all I could say. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's toxic. It's. It's not a place you want to be. It crushes your soul when you walk in there. I mean, I could say every time I start driving towards work, I slowly get worse and worse anxiety because I never know. Is that going to be the day they harass me again or am I going to make it through the day? Am I not going to get harassed? Am I going to be able to have a peaceful day and be able to actually work and get my stuff done without being told I'm breaking guidelines that I've never broke. And like what kind of, this is the shaking the tea, not shaking the tea enough kind of stuff that they're, and there's, there's also, I, I saw reports that 
maybe it wasn't in your place, but in other places that they were, um, they've cut people's hours and stuff like that to try to. It's all over America. They're doing it all over America, and they overhire people to flood the election, and then they don't have enough hours to give everyone. So, I mean, you either have, you either allow them to win the election or you hire a thousand other people who don't know anything that's going on and hope that they vote no, but then have extra partners where, what do I do with them? You know? And Alex, I saw you wrote an article there recently for um, Reform and Revolution, which we'll we'll put the link in the show notes. But you talked about one of the one Starbucks so far. There has been a, even a strike in, and they did. They have actually won some gains in terms of COVID um, leave. Yeah, I mean, there's been a uh, so there's been a couple strikes actually. Uh, one of which is still ongoing, um, and in my opinion, it's it's also um, it's also one. Uh, even though they haven't like uh, finished what they're doing, but um, so the Elmwood store in Buffalo, New York, they were able to win concessions with a, a relatively short strike. Um, that's and th- this is you know th- we don't have a contract yet, right? They don't have a contract. They um, don't have the full like formal legal process completed. But uh, you know this essentially a wildcat strike. Um, was what for Starbucks to give paid leave when uh, workers are exposed to the coronavirus at work. Um, and then, um, and that was in January. And, and now more recently, since March that 11th. That was in, in January just gone, like, is it? Yeah, yeah. So that was just this recent January. So shortly, they got uh, unionized. Uh, they won their election mid-December. Then early January, they went on strike to, uh, you know, now that they have this organization now that they have this unity this is what they're able to get with it right um they withhold their labor they get um this concession and then they they go back to work um and uh more recently since march 11th uh, there's a store in denver colorado that has also gone on strike um they're still holding strong um but like it's really funny because later that same day so they went on strike in the morning that afternoon starbucks announces that they're expanding the paid leave for coronavirus ex- exposure. Um, I think it's related. <laughs> There's maybe mm-hmm. no proof, but um, but that didn't stop the strike this time. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see if um, Starbucks is willing to give more concessions to get that to stop. And also, I wanted to add that while that might be happening in Colorado, it's hard because even in the same district, I mean, even in the same state, you have one district being told that if you leave and you have COVID or maybe you're short-staffed so the store has to um, shut down early, you get paid for the rest of that day or you get paid for COVID. But then our store, we're being told that we don't get paid for COVID at all. And the only way we, we will ever get paid is is if we give them a positive COVID test. So it doesn't matter if we're exposed and we feel really sick anymore. You're not allowed to quarantine, they said. And if you want to, then you're forced to use your sick time. And that's what I was told in my last supervisor meeting on Tuesday. So they tell 
one store, one district, something, and they have whole different rules in a whole nother district or a whole nother store. So it's just, you either do it for everyone or you don't do it for everyone. That's how I see it. And this phrase, um, uh, like, what, so assuming you, 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 the vote passes and then you're in a fight for a contract, could you explain what that means? Um, like, I presume you already have a, maybe I don't, maybe I'm wrong on this, but do you, you already literally have a contract. When you join, start your job, you, you sign a contract, no? That it outlines your terms and conditions and your rights at work and stuff. Or do you literally yeah. not have any, or you, you're trying to strike for a collective contract? That's what you mean by... Yeah, I want to have collective bargaining. Yeah. And, and, and so what will that struggle mean? To, like, if they, assuming you pass your vote and then you're trying to fight for a, a collective contract, what will that, what will that mean? Uh, um, or, Alex, what, what's that meant elsewhere? What's the next step in the shops that have passed these votes? What have they done next? Oh, well, we're, they're still not. Um, so uh, no contract has been signed with any Starbucks uh, stores, even the unionized ones. Um, and in general, like the, the contract itself is the, the larger part of the fight. Um, that's, that's still ahead um, because oftentimes, uh, you know, a big company is going to just say, well, uh, you know, so you're a union, we're going to, we're not going to sign anything though. You know, your conditions are going to remain the same. We're going to ignore that. And um, it's, uh, it's up to essentially, um, I mean, the labor boards might be of some help sometimes, but Sometimes they're not also. And so it's largely up to the... Um, What's the... Say what a, a labor board is. What, what is that? Oh, so like... So th that's where like these... Like uh, the filing for election is is being sent. It, it's being run through like the National Labor uh, Review Board. Um, that's like the... It's the state. It's or a, relations a, board. A, a body of the state that sort of regulates workers' rights kind of a thing, is it? Right. Yeah. And that came out of um, the, the labor struggles in the 30s. Um, and so, yeah, certain protections uh, are supposed to be enshrined in law and enforced by these bodies. Right. We have um, uh, corporations are supposed to be neutral about mm -hmm. the um, the unionization effort. Uh, and so there are certain things, you know, you can't like you're not supposed to be able to just threaten somebody that like if you vote, yes, you're going to get fired. That would be illegal to just say that, but they can say it's for some other reason and then fire you, you know, based on that pretense. Um, so it it's largely toothless. Uh, there's not a lot of worker protection in the U.S. Um, and and that goes double depending on what state you're in. Um, so it's largely up to the organization and the militancy of, of the workers involved whether or not they're going to force the the company to sign their contract or not. Um, and you know that's where the struggle comes in. So, and what kind of issues? Um, what are, what would be the big issues in such a contract uh, that you'd be fighting for? What would be the uh, that that the workers would like to see added into a contract? What are the the touchstone issues? Well, I would say the best example of one thing we want to have is, let's say you're down a person. The person's sick, the person got injured, something happened to that person, and you couldn't find extra coverage. Well, those wages of that person goes back to the company. 
But what we think is that those wages should be split between all of the workers who had to basically step up their game and be an extra person. So that's just one example that we have. And we think we deserve fairer wages and also a a pay, a pay raise system to know no one knows the how people get pay raises. No one knows why I might be making more than the person who's been working almost just as long as me and is a supervisor as well. It doesn't make sense. And we don't get the, the scale of management then. And then there's district and then there's regional and then there's there's so many people and then there's corporate and then there's middle people. We don't know. It's it's just how Bill Whitmire, which is my co-leader for the committee, and I think of it is the Illuminati or the Matrix. You know, you can't figure it out. So we want to actually know how to work our way up or if not work our way up, how to work our way to get a pay raise every year because some people might want to stay a barista and they don't want to go up and we wanted to make it where an outside hire shouldn't become a supervisor and people within the company who have been working hard should be given the option to try and become a supervisor and given ways to work up to be that way and not just not even looked at so People are getting passed off for promotions they deserve. There's outside hires for managers, and they have no idea what it's like to work on the floor as a barista or a supervisor and get get physically, not physically, mentally abused, not physically. But, in, but I mean, sometimes we've had physical incidents. We have people banging on the window. I had someone throw a cup at the drive-thru because I wouldn't take him through, through the drive-thru because he was walking, is a safety hazard. So these are just some examples of being paid more when you're down a person, knowing how to knowing how to get a raise every year, or knowing how to promote yourself, knowing how the system works at least, and not having outside hires be allowed to just become a manager or a district manager or even be in corporate who have never stepped a day on the floor. I saw in an, one of the articles that I read talked about how the, the CEO, or I think he's the former CEO, uh, um, was on $20 million a year, uh, um, which is talk about a career progression. <laughs> it's a phenomenal uh, whack of money. But Talk to me about because one of the, one of the points that that same article was making was that that CEO, that guy Kevin Johnson, um, there's been a, a changeover. They brought in a union buster, more of a union buster CEO. Uh, um, Alex, you were you were saying with this this uh, Howard Schultz being brought back in now. Oh yeah, yeah. No, so so Kevin Johnson was is the old one, um, and you know, despite being not good enough at the job, I guess from. Uh, with the perspective of the current situation, still being paid over twenty million a year. Um, I'd like twenty million for not doing a good job. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> but now, yeah, but now they've got the golden child. They've got uh, Howard Schultz, um, you know, the uh, union busting extraordinaire. And, and at one stage, he was a presidential wannabe, I believe. Uh, um, I, I googled him, and it was speculation that he's going to run for president at some stage. Oh, that. Um, doesn't surprise me. <laughs> uh, 
yeah, every, every, every rich CEO is like, I'm good at business. I know how to run a country. Therefore, um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's dumb, but, uh, <laughs> but no, Howard, Howard Schultz is, is brought in because of his experience. Yeah. And, and they're going to, uh, I mean, they're already like this union busting campaign is already rather extreme. Like the amount of hours being cut across the board of anybody suspected of being pro union. That's, you know, that's a devastating tactic if that's allowed to continue. Um, I think that needs to be stopped as soon as possible through like, uh, I, I think Starbucks workers United should get a national convention of workers involved together so that, um, you know, some sort of, uh, larger scale joint actions can be like uh, scaled up to and planned. Um, I think that's really important. But like even that um, is apparently what sort not of, enough, and they're trying to escalate. What sort of national or like obviously there also must be like a lot of community support uh, and people like DSA obviously, but also other unions and others in the community that support it. But what what kind of like actions would you have in mind there um, that you think could help? bring some pressure to the bear or bring some solidarity. Oh, well, I mean, I mentioned, um, so like even these like small scale strikes are having some impact, but they also have a lot of risk, of course. And, um, it takes a certain degree of, of unity to carry that out. Um, and so that, you know, that needs to be talked out before any sort of, uh, thing like that is done on a larger scale, but like there are things in between as well. Um, you know, they can have, uh, nationally coordinated days of action. So like we're trying to coordinate, you know, with other DSA chapters and like do things on the same day. Like when we did the protest on the 27th in response to the, um, the Memphis seven being fired, um, that was at the same time as, as Portland DSA did theirs. Um, but that's, you know, that's a relatively small degree of coordination compared to what could happen if this is like, you know, run through Starbucks workers United, which has, you know, much more of a, a reach and audience and, um, um, you know, and, and poll with, with what's going on. So, um, so nationally coordinated days of action, uh, that conclude like temporary, like hour long shutdowns just to kind of, you know, be like a warning shot to Starbucks. Um, you know, these are things that don't require people to actually go out on strike yet necessarily, unless that, um, seems necessary and people are, you know, prepared for it. Um, but there, yeah, there's, there's more that could be done that more, um, direct, challenge to starbucks um in addition to all the support and actions already happening and like the other the other figure that i had seen is their uh the profits for 2021 um starbucks profits for 2021 were i can't i can't really believe this is it true for starbucks did starbucks make four billion dollars is that really possible my figures here says four billion dollars is that true the the e- revenue yes yes yeah their their Starbucks app is golden and then you could think about they have a Starbucks credit card you can get which gives you thousands of points and then during COVID it went up even more but like billion that's yeah. a, like, that's a that's an awful lot that's a lot of coffees that's a lot of shaken teas they could <laughs> afford to pay us thirty dollars an hour and not lose one profit yeah. Well, let's just say that during the start of when my co-leader and I were talking about the union, I was already speaking up a lot, and the news in Buffalo was starting to get bigger. 
So district managers like mine were, starting, were saying that they were doing mandatory meetings, which I found out wasn't at every store. They're just going to certain stores really to see if they see anything weird, you know, to, if they see something, oh, let's find a way to fire her. So during this meeting, though, they talked about the new pay raise, which isn't really that exciting because that was what the minimum wage is going to. It wasn't what Starbucks did. So we got a, a minimum pay raise of 15. And then obviously I'm a supervisor, so I got a different raise. But keep in mind, it doesn't make sense. My raise compared to my co-leader's raise. And he's been working, even though he's been working a little, like maybe one year less than me, it makes no sense because we've never been told like I was told that if you work over four years, then you get a bigger percent raise. But he's making a dollar less than me now. So it just we didn't understand the pay raise. But even though they said it's a fifteen dollar raise for everyone who's a barista, when this happened, our amazing CEO or former CEO Kevin Johnson got nearly a forty percent raise. So and keep in mind, I remember my next supervisor meeting, my my manager's like if people ask, yes, our our lemon loaf went up in price. I'm like, why are they making stuff go up in price? Like, are, are they that cheap? I don't understand. Okay, so, and then the, the final thing that I wanted to ask you about, Leila, is um, I saw a video the day before you were uh, you were launching your, your, your union drive. Uh, um, there was a video, your manager pulled you aside and gave you... A, a warning and the video went up on we can i'll play the video at the end of the thing but at the end of the episode but could you tell us a bit about that the matter that experience what it was like when your manager was pulling you aside and trying to to, to give you a, a a warning of what was going on there well let's say that it was a tuesday and we have our supervisor meetings every tuesday and i came in at two and it's a it's always an hour meeting so you usually have two supervisors there. One is leaving and one's coming on, which is me. Then you have people who aren't working right now and just on Zoom. And after that meeting, which is an hour, I get on the floor and I'm about to start my shift. And keep in mind during that supervisor meeting, my district manager was there. And a district manager has plenty of stores to take care of. There's And she's never been at one of my supervisor meetings. And... I can quote unquote tell you, she said, I'm just here to be a fly on the wall. Uh-huh. So after the meeting, I get on the floor and then I get pulled in the back. My manager says, can you come in the back? And I see my district manager sitting down and my manager's walking me to the back and they want to talk. And I sit down and I'm basically in the middle and they have, they're basically cornering me. And they pull out a whole page. And even though they said it was a warning, it says corrective action. And that means write-up. And it was a full page of write-ups that went back to almost six months worth of write-ups. And they did it so fast. They clearly did it so fast that one of the write-ups on there said November 2022. So that's how fast they wrote it. And I got rides up starting from 4.04 a.m. Layla texted Nichelle that she couldn't come in. Improper call out. Meanwhile, at that time, I was on my way to the hospital. Like, 
I was, and then I ended up having to get a um, a colonoscopy two days later, and then I couldn't come in. And they said that I had improper call out, and that Bill Whitmire reached out to me, and I never answered to him, even though I reached out to him when I was in the hospital. Out of my way, reaching out, trying to find coverage while I'm in the hospital, drugged up on medication. And I got a write-up for that. And then I got a write-up for asking for coverage when I came into a two-person floor. But then she says I demanded it. She says I demanded coverage. I, and I would never demand anything. So she's like, okay, we could change the words to ask. And I said, I'm like, so I'm getting in trouble that be that asked for coverage? And this whole time, my district manager's doing the talking, and you don't need a district manager to be there for a write-up. And I'm just basically being cornered, and they're going through every single thing, ignoring every single thing, calling me disrespectful because I'm trying to talk up for myself and say that I don't deserve this and that what they're doing is un- is unlawful. And it broke my heart because at that moment, I truly realized, because I know that they know that I put in all to my job. I had my district manager say to me in the past, please make sure you put yourself first because you're the type of person that will put everyone before yourself. And the fact that she did this to me, looking me straight in the eye, I realized that it doesn't matter how hard you work, how long you've been there, the experience you have, you're just looked at as a body and you could be replaced in a blink. Um, and I would urge we'll we'll add in at the end of the episode the audio of this um, exchange. It's uh, and they, there was an interviews with other workmates of yours talking about the, uh, it as well. So we'll add that in. It is a uh, very hard hitting. Um, and then the final question, I suppose, Leila, is: there, Is there any calls to action? Is there anything that uh, people in Ireland can do? But or we do we do have listeners in the in in some listeners in the US and elsewhere as well. What would you say to people that have maybe heard this? and have been inspired uh, um, uh, and want to support ye or, or want to see uh, justice, what, what, what would you, uh, any calls for what we should do to help? I would just, I think the most important thing nowadays is spreading awareness for people to know at the end of the day, we're not here to force you to do anything. That's Starbucks. We're here to just inform you of information and educate you so that you know the truth. And at the end of the day, you can make your own decision, but all I want is for people to try and spread awareness and actually share the truth about unions and explain that this is actually happening. We're not just putting a pin on saying we want a union because that's what Starbucks is making it seem like to other workers at other stores. So, yeah. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for joining us. Uh, um, and uh, we'll have to we'll report back to people how it, how it all goes. And I'm sure we'll be back in a couple of months to try to talk about it more and best of luck in the uh, in the struggle thank you okay well i oh, press stop okay sorry i just, one thing i just wanted to slip in here is that there there is a fundraiser that was launched uh for the for the phoenix uh metro area um because of the the hour slashing so if anybody's at you know at a distance um in addition to spreading the word about it um there's ways to materially support as well and i can and is there a link to that that we could include in the show notes Sure is. Yep, we will. Brilliant, brilliant. There we go. Okay, we, and I would encourage people. Maybe. Oh, sorry. One. I was just saying thank you for remembering that, Alex. 
Um, okay, and I would encourage people to make sure to, to, to make a donation, big or small, uh, to support the workers and, and do what we can. Um, and thanks again for joining us, and we, we hope to hear from you again soon. Cheers. This is a write-up. I don't deserve a write-up. I don't deserve anything on my so record. this is a written warning. I close this store all the time. I do my best. I do clean play. I, I ask for clean play. I do everything. And I get this. I get this improper call-out. I'm in the hospital. Um, a call-out a different time because my aunt died. The guys are like after to get me because I'm the only one that speaks up to them. It's not fair. It's not fair. <laughs> This is not right for a three-year poster. I put my best. Everything to the store. I I love I do everything. And I get this. I get this improper call-out. I'm in the hospital. Um, a call-out a different time because my aunt died. There's no way I deserve any of that. Only one that speaks up to me. It's not fair. It's not. I think I want to put in my two weeks. This is not right for a three-year partner that puts in everything to the store. I love this Starbucks. There's no way I deserve any of that. This is happening. This is I think happen. I want to put in my two weeks. Okay, you can do that. If that's your decision, I can give you a piece of paper. I'm tired of being treated this way. Is that what is that the decision you want to make? I just want to call my mom right now. Will you grab a piece of paper? Can I please call my mom? 